Before we start today's episode, I want to invite you to head over to the show notes and check out our What to Do If Your Labs Are Normal mini course. This is a five-part course with hours of training, a 50-page workbook, lab ranges, reference ranges, all kinds of information helping you to know exactly what labs to ask your doctor for and how to decipher those labs so that you can advocate for yourself. Head over to the show notes, click the link, and use promo code NORMALLABS to get 50% off. Hey guys, welcome back to the Thriving Thyroid Podcast. I I say this like every time. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you guys <laughs> because I, so I just recorded a training for um, my private clients and I'm like uploading it, I'm putting it in their like portal, you know, all the things. And I'm like, I don't know if I've talked about this recently on the podcast and it's really kind of important. <laughs> and that is blood work, right? If you haven't been able to tell by um, the title of today, it's about blood work. And one of the, like, I'm a huge advocate. Like, we've talked about advocating for ourselves. We've talked about educating ourselves. We've talked about why I have this podcast so that you can learn more about thyroid. And in such, a, like, I want this to be simple because I know that if I were to get on here and talk all doctor or, or nutritionist or human body, whatever, like it's going to go over our head. And so I try to give you guys a lot of examples. I try to break things down. I know some of this stuff I don't even think about. And I know I've hit publish on recordings. And then later I'm like, oh my gosh, I probably should have explained that a little bit more. Or given another example or something to help drive home the, <laughs> the point. And okay, so anyways, let's talk blood work really quickly and the importance of it. So first and foremost, tracking blood work over time can give us a really good idea and a really good indication of what our normal is, what our homeostasis is, where we feel the best or where I, for in this example, where I feel the best, not my husband, not somebody else, right? the importance of tracking your own blood work. And it's important to look for trends over time because here's the thing, your thyroid didn't go out of whack overnight. It wasn't all of a sudden, January 1st you were tested and by February 1st your levels were all crazy. That may be when it finally shows up and your doctor's like, oh, you're out of range. You're hypothyroid. Okay, now here's medication, right? But usually there's this upward trend or a downward trend, depending on what the lab is. And if you track it over time, you can start to say, hmm, why is my ALT going up and up and up and up and up? And it's getting closer and closer and closer to that top end of normal or functional or whatever, okay? Let's break down normal ranges versus functional ranges because I think this is also really important that you guys understand. So normal ranges is a range essentially made up by, I shouldn't say made up, that's not the right word, um, that let's say they take 100,000 people in Arizona, 
and they test everybody's thyroid and they test everybody's TSH and they say, okay, these people aren't having thyroid symptoms and these people are. And then they look at those ranges and they say, okay, within this range to that range, okay, people are probably having thyroid issues and these people aren't. When we're looking at functional ranges or um, there's another word, I will, <laughs> it will come to me in a minute, a functional range, these ranges are much more narrow. They are highly studied by functional practitioners over a period of time for clients. And it says when you are within these ranges, you are doing better. And let me, uh, let me pull up my little, my, my sneaky chart. Because <laughs> um, I honestly, like I know what most of them are. Um, but let me give you an example or what most of them are in a functional range, not so much normal ranges. So a normal T, hold on, conventional lab ranges, like when you go to your doctor, meaning like a regular PCP, MD, whatever, they're going to be like on the low side, 0.3, and on the high side is about 5.7. Now your doctor may have, like may want it a little bit lower than that, but that's, that's kind of what we see, okay, for the conventional ranges. Now, functional ranges, meaning functional medicine, this is a highly studied um, lab range that says, hey, if, if you're within this range, like, you're probably doing pretty okay um, with your TSH. Now, that doesn't include other thyroid markers, okay? So just be clear <laughs> on that because you can have, like, a normal TSH, but your T4 could be off or whatever. That's why you should always run multiple lab ranges. Okay, so a conventional functional should be 1.8 to 2.5, okay? If you fall outside of that, then obviously there is a lot more investigation that goes, that should go through. But if you look at these numbers side by side, on the low end, 0.3 is conventional, you guys are probably hearing some airplanes. <laughs> I live close to a Air Force Base. And um, for the, so let me say that again. The low end of TSH should be 0.3 and the low, or, oh my gosh, I'm confusing myself at this point. <laughs> Can, low end of conventional ranges is 0.3. If you look side by side to functional ranges, 1.8. That is a huge, massive difference in those numbers. And then if we compare the high side, so your doctors are saying 5.7, um, at that point they'll give you medication, conventional, versus a functional should be at 2.5 on the high side. So if you've been, let's Take this for an example, if you've been 2.4, 2.5, 2.6, 2.7, 2.8, like you're going up that scale, then you're at like, maybe you don't take it for um, a year or so, and then you're 3.6 or whatever, right? And you're like, whoa, that was a jump, but you know, I was fine, right? Like air quotes, I was fine a year ago at 2.5. 
Well, that again is another big jump in what's going on from 2.5 to 3.6. And then the next year you're up to four. Okay. There's some trend happening here. Why are these TSH levels so out of balance and what is causing it? So this is why I'm a huge, huge advocate for my clients to track their things over time. And I really do give them resources in this area. Now, you can take my advice or you can poo-poo on it. (laughs) Um, But I would suggest, here's my recommendation. It's not required to work with me. It's just my recommendation. I don't really look at these. I don't evaluate them. I mean, I will, like, if you're a client of mine, I'll look at your blood work and give you some feedback. But um, what I recommend for you guys is to get a binder or a folder. Like, use an old kid's school binder or folder or something. You know, it doesn't have to be fancy. In the front of it, put, I have a... um, oh my goodness, a thyroid panel guide, you can print that out. It's going to give you references and like what lab ranges and stuff to look for for your thyroid. Um, I also have a mini course, which I will link here in the show notes. You guys, it's like six bucks. Like it's so affordable. And in there, there is like, oh my gosh, I think it's like a 40 plus page workbook. Um, And inside of there, you kind of have to look for it. But down at the bottom of one of the pages, it's a hyperlink. I try to like make it so you can notice it. But if you're just skimming through, you can miss it. Okay. Um, And at the bottom of there, there is another um, functional versus conventional lab ranges. It's like basically it looks like an Excel spreadsheet. And it's five pages. And it breaks down... um, the labs, so let's just take ALT, and it'll tell you like the measurement for it, and then it'll give you a side-by-side comparison of um, conventional ranges versus functional ranges, and then it'll tell you most of them, not all of them, most of them will tell you what it is. So ALT is a liver enzyme also present in muscles, heart, kidney, and lungs. And then the next column over, will tell you um, some considerations to take if your ALT is elevated. So what this is going to mean, fatty liver, liver dysfunction, liver damage, you could have issues with um, cesylates, which is in some foods, B6 deficiencies, magnesium deficiencies, um, maybe some alcoholism in there, liver congestion, things like that. So... Even if you don't have a medical background, you're not a doctor, you're not a physician or whatever, you can start to look at some of these things and say, hmm, this is really interesting. Okay, my AST and um, let me think of another one (laughs) really quickly, like my hematocrit levels are off. Okay, both of these are saying that there's a potential for a B6 deficiency and vitamin C and whatever. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to incorporate vitamin C rich foods and B rich foods. And I'm going to see if by changing what I'm eating slightly will help with some of these other areas. Okay. 
Um, or because you're also working with the liver, maybe you're like, okay, I know Shannon told me about these castor oil packs and it really helps with my liver. So I'm going to do that and I'm going to eat some of these other things, right? Like those are some simple things that you can look at and just, I don't want to say just do because just doing implies that it's just easy and it's not always easy. Like there's, there's sometimes, um, like a a learning curve, right? Like we have to relearn how to do something. And that's what I think some of this stuff is important, right? So to, and that's again, why we want to be tracking things over time is because if like liver enzymes and thyroid and hormones and da, 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 da are all starting to go up and everything is saying liver, 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 then you might want to incorporate liver supporting foods. Like maybe that's your Google search, <laughs> liver supporting foods. Okay, I should be eating more dark leafy greens. I should be, you know, whatever, castor oil packing. I should be all the things. And yeah, anyways, okay. <laughs> so the second, so here, here's what I want to do. I am going to give you guys a promo code. I don't know what it's going to be right now. Um, But if you go over to the show notes, (laughs) I will have it all linked up there. I will have a promo code for you guys um, for the what to do if your labs are normal. Um, It'll be like, I think it's like $10 actually. Um, There's probably an hour or two of training videos that go along with it. And then there's also that like 40 page workbook that accompanies it. Um, And also inside of there, this is really like, in my opinion, this is where the value is. The video trainings are awesome. You're going to learn a ton. Um, You're going to understand how to set up your your binder better. It's going to give you like specific outlines. It's going to give you all that. But one of the things it's going to do is it's going to link in there an Excel spreadsheet that you can copy, download, export, whatever you want to do to have it on your computer. And it's going to allow you to put in your lab numbers over the years. And if your labs start to get outside of those functional ranges, it will light up red for you. And you can say, oh my gosh, I have been getting my thyroid tested for the last 10 years and it wasn't until 10 years later that I finally got a diagnosis. But all along the way, all of these other things were out of out of balance, right? And maybe you don't have blood work from 10 years ago <laughs> or maybe you don't want to spend the time doing that. But usually what I tell my clients, I'm like, you don't have to go back and do all the things unless you want to. But maybe you want to go back for the last two years and input the blood work, okay? Um, And the great thing about it is if you do it once, you can, like you don't have to go back and redo it, you can keep track of that. And then you can also print it out, you can keep it in your binder. I typically don't, a digital form is is great for me, but when you get like the printed blood work um, from your doctors or physicians, I put it in the binder, I try to keep everything in order of like, um, 
I go chronologically. So like the old stuff is in the front and then the new stuff is in the back. That's the way that I do it. But you guys might want to do it the opposite way. However you want to do it, whatever works good for your brain is totally fine. And I keep the chart in there for like the five page chart so I can say, okay, this one looks a little weird. Okay, flip back and forth. Okay, yeah, oh, that, mm, okay, Shannon, we might need to increase my vitamin C. I need to maybe eat some iron rich foods, blah, 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 right? Like <laughs> I have that information that I can make those, those, um, uh, conclusions, right? And I can help support myself. But even for you guys, a lot of my clients who have used this resource and actively use this resource, they don't need me to like look at their labs and say, what do you think? They're coming to me and saying, hey, Shannon, I noticed such and such and such. I'm wondering if there's something you can tell me about this or why would this be happening or why has this happened? And sometimes I say, I don't know, <laughs> let's do some research. And sometimes I'm like, okay, well, we know this and this and this is connected and therefore this is happening, you know, and we're, we're able to talk through all of these different pieces and components. And there, but the important thing here <laughs> is they are doing the research. They're actively using the resources. They're learning to advocate for themselves so that and obviously having me in their back pocket <laughs> and paying me and, you know, we're working on food and nutrition when they go into their doctor and they're saying, hey, my hair's falling out again um, and this is happening and that is happening with this blood work. Can you lower my thyroid dosage? And the doctor will say, oh, OK, yeah, you know, actually, da, 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 this, this, this. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's lower your let's lower your ranges or lower your your dosage. And. That is, that's what it's all about. I, okay, not to, I'm, I'm going to kind of derail, <laughs> but I think this is really important and I, I promise there is like a connection here, but I, I have kids getting older and my husband and I have been reviewing budgeting and finances and we've always been pretty good with our money. We've always been, um, you know, we've saved our money. We've <laughs> been able to do um, nice vacations and things like that. But a big part of that was me learning growing up how to manage money and finances. And my husband, his parents had money. They, they do well financially, but he wasn't, he didn't feel like he was necessarily taught how to manage money. And he was like, <laughs> you know, he's like, why do you think so many, and and we've been um, obviously talking about like economics and, you know, things like that. And he's like, why do you think so many people are doing so terrible? And, um, and we were talking about this in reference to the thought or the idea of like $100,000 a year is, is the new 50K. And, and I told him, you know, I think obviously it's for a combination of reasons, right? Same thing with the human body. Our body doesn't go out of whack just for one reason. <laughs> um, there's not like one thing to pinpoint on this. But the big thing that I, I responded to my husband is I think I, this is Shannon's belief. 
I personally believe and think that there's not enough education for high school kids, myself included, on taxes, on insurance, on finances, on budgeting, on money management. Like, I I don't think I took <laughs> a budgeting finance class. Uh, granted, I graduated a year early, so maybe that would have happened in my senior year. I hear from some people that would have, or that happened for them. That was part of like the curriculum for their senior year. Not me. <laughs> um, I like to pave my own way in a lot of areas, but, um, and it's like that with the human body is it's like, we all deal with money every single day. We all buy things. We all pay rent. We all pay mortgage. We all have, well, maybe we don't all have cars, <laughs> but you know, like cars and vehicles and cell phones and all of these things. And we're using money and we're utilizing these different resources that we have, but yet so many people are upside down in their cars or they're in debt and they have credit card debt. And I like, I love to follow Dave Ramsey <laughs> and I love like his little snips on like Instagram and TikTok where he's like talking to people and, you know, some of the things I agree with and some of the things I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. And that's the same thing with the human body, right? But the point here being, we all deal with money. And yet a lot of us still are learning how to manage our money properly. We all have a physical body. And yet we're still all trying to figure out how the heck it works. And that's the one thing that I love about the human body too, is it's like, New research is coming out. New things are coming out. New information is coming out. And I have found at certain points professionally for me that I haven't been as up on the research as I could be. And then I have to get reminded, oh, hey, Shannon, go, you know, go check this out or whatever. Um, look at the connection between um, lupus and Hashimoto's. Look at the connection between PCOS and Hashimoto's or, you know, whatever it is. And then it kind of sends me down these rabbit holes. And that's, that's, uh, that's what I hope you guys get from this podcast. And I hope you guys look at the mini course and consider it. It's a small investment in learning to advocate for yourself, getting some of these resources in your hands to ask, like to know what labs to ask for, to know what you're looking at when you get a lab back. My sister, my family member, like all of my family members go have their annual check and, hey, Shannon, you know, send me all the things and look this over and tell me what, you know, tell me this, that, and the other thing, what I need to do. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys, I do this all day, <laughs> you know, but it's fine. And I, like, I do enjoy it because I feel like it allows me to learn, but I want like, I know not everybody can afford to work with me in a one-to-one -one capacity, financially, um, whatever reason, right? And so these smaller courses are just so, so beneficial for you guys um, at giving you some of those, those educational pieces and that information to get you started so that you can advocate for yourself. At the end of the day, that's what I want for every single listener. And I'm getting emotional here because... I feel like even for myself, seven years ago, 
I had graduated as a holistic wellness practitioner and yet I was struggling and I was going to endocrinologists and I was asking questions and I was being gaslit and told that everything was fine and everything was normal when my cortisol was 0.02. You guys, at the low end, I like at the very low end, I should have been at 0.2. I was completely burnt out, exhausted, um, and just also being gaslit that everything was fine and I should go see a nutritionist. And I was like, oh, okay. So clearly (laughs) you did not read my chart because you know that I am a nutritionist or at least it was listed on my thing. So, okay. Yep. I'll go see a nutritionist or a dietitian. Um, cause yeah. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, I love you guys. I will see you on the next. Wait before you go. Please subscribe. If you found value in today's episode, leave us a review and share on Instagram and please tag us. We love your review.